Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the new Irish Athletics podcast brought to you by Athletics Ireland. My name is David Gillick and I'm delighted to be back as we look to preview a busy July in the world of Irish Athletics. We'll be cheering on the Irish Under-23 squad later this week for the European Championships, while the 150th anniversary of the Irish National Championships will take place towards the end of the month. Also on the horizon is the much-anticipated Morton Games, which takes place on July the 14th. And I'm delighted to say we have Meet Director Noel Guyton on the line to give us a rundown. We'll also hear from two of the leading stars set to compete in Morton. But first, we'll chat to Noel about another exciting night of athletics coming your way on Friday the 14th of July. Noel, thanks for joining us. First of all, tell us a little bit more about this great event, the Morton Games. Okay, so this Friday, which is uh, 14th of July, we will have the Morton Games, which is an international track and field meet. It's now part of the World Athletics uh, Challenger Series. It is, uh, sorry, Continental Tour. It's now being risen up from a challenger level to a bronze level meet. We now at this stage, Colin of Harriers are the host club uh, uh, looking after the event and the event has been running now since 2011 so we're now into year year 12 of Morton Games now it's continued every year aside from of course the, the two non-years the, the COVID years uh, so this meet will take place on the 14th of uh, July in the Morton Stadium Sanctuary Noel I'm looking through some of the entry list here and there's some big names who do, are you looking at in terms of the key athletes and who should we really be looking out for Sure. Well, well. I mean, Costa's race last year was it was a classic race that 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 mile race between himself and and my club mate Cahill Doyle right down to the wire. It was a fantastic race coming off the top end. Uh, the Clonliffe fraternity there, of course, all had Cahill as the winner, and then had to kind of swallow hard and smile <laughs> when the winner was actually declared to be to be Andrew. Uh, so it was a fantastic race. The Morton Mile always brings drama, and uh, I, we were satisfied this year. The Morton Mile. Will probably be even faster. We've some fine athletes coming over. The stadium record stands for the for the mile at three fifty one point eight two to Will Lear back in twenty fourteen. There's a good chance that that record will certainly come under attack this year. Uh, with the the new track in there, uh, it is a fast track. There's a nice bounce off it. I think distance runners in particular, middle distance runners in particular, are going to find it really spectacularly quick. Uh, it looks spectacular anyway with the blue track all around and and the revamp of the stadium. It, it just looks phenomenal. For you, no, what looks like potentially being the race or the event of the meet? Well, I, I think I think across the whole range that there's there's going to be two cracking eight hundred meter races. The men and women's eight hundred meter race are going to be fantastic. The men's race, great Irish interest in with Mark English committed, uh, John Fitzsimons, Mark Milner, Harry Purcell. Uh, so with the, the four of those guys, and also in that race, there's a great British contingent. Kyle Kyle Langford is coming back. He's actually been looking for his fourth Morton 800 win. He's won the three previous times he's been here. Uh, Guy Learmouth is also coming over as well. Uh, Piers Copeland. So there's three top UK athletes competing uh, and a couple of athletes from the continent as well. So I think that'll be a cracking race. Likewise, the women's 800, uh, great, great uh, event by the looks of it. Louise Shanahan, I think, will carry Irish hopes in that one there. But Georgie Hartigan is also in that race also then Lindsay Sharp who uh, was a medalist at European level a number of years ago she's coming back to her best form so she's committed as well so again it'll be a full field of I think I think there's I think there's 11 in the men's race and there's 12 in the women's 800 it'll be, be a cracking race and I have, also have to mention David your 400 meter race as well because I know you'd be very interested in it uh, Chris O'Donnell will be competing in his first ever Morton Games also then from overseas, we have uh, the Argent Argentinian champion who is the South American under-23 champion, 
he's a 45.5 PB from recollection. Uh, and a very, very good Italian athlete who was on the Italian 4x400 uh, team that reached the Olympic finals last year. He's also committed to the race. So I, I would hope that similarly that would also be something to look out for. And for all our listeners there, Noel, tell us what time does it all kick off and where can people purchase their tickets? Okay, so the international programme will start at 7pm. Uh, and before that, there will be some, there'll be a pre-programme which will include some juvenile relay races and mixed relays. We'll have that mass uh, race, which you've probably seen in the past of, of the 16 by 100 metre juvenile relay, which is rough and tumble and good, good elf fun as well. So we will have that. I think there's 13 or 14 clubs entered for that with 16 athletes in each. Your maths is probably better than mine, but I think that's probably the goats of 200 kids charging around that, that track at the same time. Uh, and then we'll have then there'll be two under 20 races. There'll be an under 20 men's mile, under 20 junior women's mile. And then we get into the main program then at seven o'clock. The first main race, by the way, just to say to you, is is the women's 100 hurdles, and Sarah Lavin is is 100% committed to that that event. Uh, Sarah will be there. She'll undoubtedly will enjoy great home support. But again, it's it's a race that has very great strength and depth. Uh, Liz Clay from Australia will be competing, and also Ebony Morrison, who is from Liberia, and will be the first Liberian athlete to compete in Morton Games. Uh, her PB is actually slightly quicker than Sarah's, but the, the the form Sarah is in at the moment, I think, you know, the stadium record was set last year at 12.97 from recollection. I, you know, I think that's one where you would almost uh, bet the house on, but keep yeah. a bit in reserve just in case. Tickets are, are available online through mortongames.ie. They're extremely expensive, costing €10. Euro. Uh, but for your €10, euro, if you happen to have three or four kids who are under 16, they can, you can bring them with you for free. It, 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 it's great value. In my view, it's, it's the best value in town. So then get it that way, or alternatively, payment can be made on the night, preferably by card, but, but cash will be accepted, but preferably by card. Great to chat to Noel there about the upcoming Morton Games. Always a stellar fixture uh, on the Irish Athletics list. Uh, next up, we're going to chat to 800 metre athlete Louise Shanahan. So delighted to say I have 800 metre specialist Louise Shanahan on the line here. Louise, how are you keeping? I'm keeping well, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, so when people mention your name, okay, I I think back to Munich last year and I think back to... Your great interviews post race, but one in particular is when you ran back down onto the track and you ran over and you hugged your dad. Do you remember that? Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble from that. <laughs> and yeah, maybe not my best idea, but it has nice photographs, so it's worth it now. One hundred percent. I think you know what? That's what people don't really see is how much it means to not only you, the athlete, but to your parents, to your coaches, to that kind of support team, and that really is such a vivid memory for me. Can you? Bring us back to the emotion of of Munich last year, because I think for you, it was one of those dream competitions, dream championships where you go into it and suddenly you're just going through the rounds and you make a final. Like, bring us back to kind of how you felt through that couple of days. Yeah, I think for me, you know, my um, my first senior major championships was in Tokyo and there was obviously no crowds there. And so kind of I started off with kind of a very different experience and then uh, last year the Worlds were in um, Oregon and my family decided not to travel so Munich was actually the first senior championships they had travelled to and um, so yeah kind of it was one of those competitions where I felt like I had so much support not that I didn't have support previously but they were actually there in the stadium uh, and yeah every, every round we could celebrate my success together you know I, I had 
and I had some of my club, mate, club mates from Cambridge had come over to watch so I really did have a, a great support team and yeah it was just one of those dream championships where you know you enjoy being on the track uh, you enjoy stepping off the track which kind of isn't always the case you know sometimes and um, the like sometimes the post-race interviews can be kind of the hardest couple of minutes where you know all you want to do is throw up in a bush and get away from everyone but yeah that was a championship where I was running well I was getting through the rounds and I had great support so I really enjoyed it. And when you look back to that now like you know off the back of that summer did you debrief did you kind of you know did you sit down and go what's just happened because to make a European outdoor final is a huge achievement and for you like like I said kind of that breakthrough you know at that level like how much confidence did you take off that whole experience? Yeah it was weird because um, last year was a big breakthrough year for me but actually when we look back in the season uh, an awful lot went wrong and so you know I started off the season with the national record which you know my first time sub two was brilliant uh, but then I went and got COVID like two weeks before the World Championships and really struggled to get momentum after that. And honestly, going out to the European Championships, we were kind of saying, well, does it even make sense to race? You've mess- missed a lot of training. Uh, I was actually in Monaco the week before with my training group. They went over to watch the Monaco Diamond League and, you know, we were doing sessions saying, do we or don't we race? And so, yeah, to to go to the Europeans and to to run so well out there kind of really shows you that, you know, you can put in all the training, but actually anything can happen on race day. So yeah, it was um it was it was a great season for me. But when we looked back on it, you know, there was quite a lot of things that went wrong and quite a lot of things that, you know, we can do better. So And are those the things you're trying to maybe work on, say, this season? But you have already opened up pretty quick in May up in Belfast, another kind of one fifty nine. So not saying that that's a bad thing. It's obviously fantastic times, it's very really quick, but I suppose, where do you go from now? And and, I suppose, and again, like what, what kind of stage of the season are you in? Are you, is it all about racing? Is it about planning? Are you looking to peak a little bit later? Because there's so many things involved in the season and periodizing and getting it right. So like all of that stuff that happened last year, what have you really kind of knuckled down to take into this year? Yeah, so I think when I ran 159 in, um, in Belfast this year, it was a bit of a feeling of deja vu. It was pretty close to my season opener again. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, as soon as I came back, you know, it's the standard for Worlds ticked off. My coach is kind of saying, that's great, but you want to be fit in July and August. So back to training. And um, so, yeah, I feel like I put down kind of a pretty decent block of training since Belfast. Um, and yeah, the focus this year is definitely the second half of the season. So we've kind of said, you know, nothing really matters before the 1st of July when the Olympic qualification opens. And um, now we're in July so kind of um, it, it's time to get, get racing so yeah I'm really looking forward to racing over the next couple of weeks and then building that momentum into Worlds Because you've had a few races already and again you know good solid times you know 800 is very tactical events so like so many things have to go right in that one race um, but it's looking good for this summer this season you mentioned kind of July because you know people are looking ahead to, to Paris and how much does that kind of weigh in your mind or do you do you kind of forget about Paris because it's so far away or is it something that's at the forefront in terms of qualification? No, I think when I when I looked at this season, my number one aim was to qualify for Paris. And so, you know, the, the Worlds are in August and they're very important, but um, the, the Worlds are kind of a, a very isolated event where there isn't many races around them. You know, there's kind of like a two-week break in racing coming up to Worlds. And so, yeah, when we, when we looked at the season, we said, okay, there's, there's two aims and one to race well in Worlds, but uh, very much to... Uh, qualify for Paris in the second half of the season. And we have um, 
chatting to Noel Guiden there, the Morton Games, always nice to come home. Um, and particularly the Morton Games is such a, a great historical and traditional event in Ireland. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I like racing in Ireland and I don't get the chance to race in Ireland often enough. Uh, I was disappointed that the Cork City Sports uh, was cancelled this year, so I'm hoping next year I'll be able to race that. But um, yeah, Morton is as close to home as I can get, so I'm really looking forward to racing there. And you're still over in Cambridge, so are you juggling the studies and your, your training or any decisions on that? Yeah, yeah, I'm still a full-time PhD student, so the plan is to submit my thesis in December. Um, so I might need to get my act together and do a bit of work. Um, but yeah, I think I've got a pretty rude couple of months ahead of me. Um, but yeah, we'll get through and we'll get some lab work done. And I have started writing now, so I have a thousand words. Um, so yeah, only a couple, I don't know, tens of thousands to go. Um, but yeah, the, the aim is to submit in December and then hopefully run full time into Paris, which would be really nice, but stay based in Cambridge. And I really like my setup here. And do you find it um, nice to have something else going on in your life? Okay, because you have, you know, a PhD, a lot of work, a lot of graft, but obviously there's a social side to that as well. And then you have your, your athletics and your training on the other side. Do you think for you that works, that's healthy? Yeah, I think it's a really healthy balance for me. And um, there's only so many hours a day that you can train. And when things are going well, it's obviously great to think about running, you know, 90% of the time. But if things aren't going well, then you probably think about running even more and why it's not going well. Uh, and that can be really, really tough. So yeah, for me to kind of get up, maybe get a run done and then go into the lab and forget about it uh, is really nice. And then also, I guess, because my training group is a university group, and um, there's quite a social aspect to training. And, you know, a lot of people take the sport as seriously as I do, um, but a lot of people don't as well. And, you know, that balance is really nice. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to be reminded that there, there's a life for, uh, outside athletics. And, you know, I, I, can, I can go out for dinner, go to the pub after training, and it's not going to ruin my season. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good balance. And I'm really good friends with the group I'm training with. And there are some incredible athletes here, like, Cambridge University really is a very good um, place to train at the moment as a middle distance athlete. So yeah, I, I really enjoy living here. I enjoy studying here. I enjoy training here. And a happy athlete's a fast athlete. So There you go. And they haven't roped into a beer mile yet because I, I was up in Loughborough. That's where I did a lot of my training. And always kind of, you know, early springtime towards the end of term, the kind of the chunder mile they used to call it and they'd get people out on the track. And, you know, you'd probably run a good mile. I don't know, you know, would beer be your thing, but... Any suggestions on how to negotiate the Chunder Mile? Well, so I've actually only run one mile since I started in Cambridge uh, and it was in the varsity match and I collapsed about 700 metres into the race. Um, so it hasn't had the best track record for me running miles in Cambridge. Um, so no, they haven't convinced me to do a beer mile yet, but I did do a triathlon with them earlier in the season. So yeah, we're branching out slowly. A triathlon, right. Okay, well watch this space. Um, Louise, it's great to chat to you. You're always very bubbly and um, I think, you know, fair play to you in terms of, you know, the progress you've made and looking forward to watching over, over the summer. So um, the Morton Games, National Championships, all these things are in the pipeline. Any, any other races or anything like that coming up? Yeah, so I'm racing in Switzerland on the 20th of July. Um, but yeah, the two races in Dublin, um, Morton and um, the Irish Championships are two big ones. Okay, excellent stuff. Well, I'll let you get back to writing a couple. You'll probably get another thousand words done in the next hour. So uh, best wishes on that front. And uh, we look forward to watching your progress over the next couple of weeks and months this summer. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Always great to chat to Louise and do follow her post-race interviews. Um, she's always very insightful and very just always beaming with a smile. Next up, over one lap, 400 metres, we have Sligo's Chris O'Donnell. Delighted to say, of another top-class athlete on the line, we have Chris O'Donnell, the one-lapper uh, from from the west of the country. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you're busy. I know you're uh, you're doing an awful lot of stuff at the moment. Um, first of all, you've opened the season. You've got the season underway, which is always a nervy kind of start uh, of the of the athletic season for so many. But you've got that out of the way. You've opened up uh, what forty six trees. So you're happy with the way things are progressing? Yeah, I have. Like my whole plan for the whole year was kind of really to to build through through the months and. So didn't race at all in May and um, was kind of using the June races to just slowly build up, nothing crazy. And then I was like, because I'm, I'm really trying this year to get my, to peak at the right time, basically, which I'm looking at um, kind of to really get going at the end of July and then into August at World Championships. So, so far, yeah, the 46.3 isn't going to set the world alight by any means, but I'm absolutely very content with where I'm at at the moment. And I'm sure in these next few races, um, potentially starting with the Morton Games kind of mid-July that's always the kind of time where I've targeted um, kind of going mid-July to end-July at the end of Nationals to really really start dropping sometimes by then so so far I've been just kind of building and learning learning with my rest so far so I'm happy where I'm at Yeah because it's an interesting one because it takes a while to get kind of race fit and find that groove are you an athlete that kind of might struggle with that or you're an athlete that kind of takes it out quite easily or does it take you a few races just get into that rhythm Definitely does take a few races. Like I'm, I'm not an indoor runner really either. So I kind of use those races to to see where I'm at and kind of get get a feel because 400 is awfully important for pace judgment. And as you're saying with the season opener, you never really know how it's going to go uh, with the pace judgment wise. And um, so I'm use use those first couple of races to kind of see where I'm at, like in the first 200, how that feels. Um, and then absolutely, like uh, to answer your question though, like I have. Uh, in the past been very good at kind of timing my performance um to when to when I wanted to be the best last year actually was was a difference I ended up actually running running my really really fast BB quite early in early on in June and unfortunately I wasn't able to push on from that so this year we really are that's something that that's my main focus this year is getting it right and rather than starting the season on fire which I haven't done this year um I'm I'm very confident then of of ending the season on a higher note than I did last year, and rather than yeah starting off and then tailing off, I'm I'm looking to kind of get get better every week really. Yeah, yeah, because it's interesting and in the way qualification and Paris and stuff like this, it's kind of July is July onwards is is the time when I suppose you know from a selection and a qualification point of view, it's kind of that's when you want to run your best. So it's like, do you think do you often think about Paris? Do you think about qualifications, or do you just kind of focus on the here and now? What way do you approach it? Yeah, like you mentioned, the July and like that's the month that we've we've really been hammering home all year. So as I was saying earlier on, I've been kind of using those June races to build up for July because, as we all know, the Paris window opened there just on the first of July, um, while the Oregon window is still open. So, of course, if you can get twice in in one, that would be absolutely amazing. So, um, that's why I've been kind of trying to save my fast races for July for this month and they're going to count towards Oregon and then they're going to count towards Paris. So, absolutely. And again, like the strength kind of over one lap in Ireland, you know, male and female, you know, you've been a, kind of a stalwart and part of that mixed relay that's done so well. 
And that's another thing that kind of, I suppose, comes into your realm as you approach kind of world championships and even Paris. You know, how do you approach that coming into a championship? Like when I was competing, we didn't have the mixed relay. So it was all just kind of the relays which would come at the end of a championship. How do you approach having like arguably a really strong event for Ireland in the first day or two? Yeah, of course, it is really different. Like, and I think our goals are they're almost getting even even higher with the mixed relay. So while while we were happy to at the start just get to the Olympics, and then we're happy uh, to then get to the, say the world final. Now it's kind of got to a stage where if we were just saying okay, we're happy enough with another world final, then I'm like, well, we've kind of done that before. But now everyone's actually getting faster. So now it's like, right, can we actually do something here, do something really, really special? So I'm still really excited for the mix, really. And I don't really, you know, buy into the whole thing of, oh, it's going to ruin your whole championship. You know, you've seen plenty of athletes who do well in the mix, really, and they still go on to do to do well in their own event. And, you know, we're, we train hard. We're fit athletes. Like, I don't think I don't think it's, it's, it's a massive excuse. Um, the timetables are interesting, though. Like, there's a lot of, you know, maybe compete in the final that night, come back the next morning for the heats, things like that. So it's it's all in preparation. But as I was saying, like I'm really excited for the mixed relay. And if if we weren't pushing on in even this year, I'd I'd probably say, okay, is is there an opportunity to just, you know, focus more on my individual? But now I think we have a team to do something really special. Not just this year, but going into Paris as well. And there's also mixed relay going to be at the next Europeans and you know, you don't often see Ireland teams coming home with medals. And I just think we've got a massive opportunity here if everyone really, really pushes on. Yeah, yeah, well said, yeah. And like you said, it's a huge opportunity, you know, to get an Irish vest up into maybe arguably podium area um, in an event that we've done well in over the past. So when you're looking ahead then, um, we mentioned Morton Games. Um, so you'll be back on the freshly laid Morton Stadium. It's a blue track. Do you like blue tracks? Yeah, I, I do like blue tracks for sure. Um, and like you go to all these meets abroad, I'm always racing abroad, and especially in the summer, you could be every week and you're traveling here and there. And you kind of you can see the local athletes what they, they do get a little boost. You can see the crowd get up and, and they get up for it themselves. And I've always said, you know, I'd love, love to have a bit of that, you know, even once a year at Morton Games. And, and I'm really excited for that because, as I said, yeah, you're doing all the traveling and now it'll be just home games. and um, it'll be something different and something that I'm really looking forward to. And I have a nice, you know, my record at Santry is, is yeah. pretty good, even though I'm a Sligo man. Like, I, I, it's kind of like a home track for me almost as well. I kind of, I feel, I feel like that as well. So um, I'm really looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm a Southsider and kind of going over the north side, <laughs> it still tends to be a home track as well for me. But uh, yeah. no, you have, you, you have a good record there. Um, and then obviously the following kind of week, more or less, is coming back to National Championship. So a couple of races at home. I know your parents and you, you, bring, you always bring an entourage from Sligo with you wherever you go. So they'll all be out in force. They will absolutely be out in force. They won't be missing that one. Um, and uh, I was home even there the other week and the amount of people coming up and just saying, oh, we'll see you in Budapest. I'm like, these guys wouldn't even be athletics diehards at all. Um, but, you know, everyone's really, really excited, really excited for the relay, really excited for myself. And um, it's so much to look forward to. Yeah, and had a, loads were in Munich there because like the year before, they felt like they missed, they almost missed two years really there of, of going and then, Munich was the first one. Worlds in America was a bit far, to be fair. Um, so now Budapest, and then I'm sure there'll be loads in Paris as well, um, all going well. Yeah, there's a huge positivity around Irish athletics. Do, do you, when you go to champs, do you get that sense of positivity around the athletes that are running well? Like it, it, Success breeds success, and in the team, I think 
it seems like from the outside that there is a collective bunch there now, that that enthusiasm is spilling over into different people's performances. Is that the case? Yeah, I think so. Like, And I think the goals are just shifting as well. Like, as I was saying earlier, you know, I think gone are the days where people are just happy with, you know, just turning up, making finals. Like, we've got contenders now and we've got people winning medals, as you've seen in Munich. And then we've got people, like, right at the top of the rankings as well in, in their own individual events. So we've always, Mixed Relays kind of been always first. And when we, if we come back with, with, with a final in the bag, with a good result in the bag, it just lifts the whole mood in the camp and sets the tone, really, I think. And absolutely, you see the other athletes doing well and you want to be a part of that you see you see the reaction and the support they get and definitely um in the last couple of years and and hopefully now it's going to be even more there is a feel-good factor for sure yeah yeah well okay we, we um we've enjoyed chatting to you and uh wish you all the best the next couple of races i know it's a busy busy kind of time of the year for you guys and obviously with so much going on with worlds and then next year paris and stuff like that it's a great opportunity to get some fast times up there and um i just kind of put yourself in that space so best of luck we're all uh, we're all behind you and we'll talk to you very soon thanks very much looking forward to it and that's all for this week's pod best of luck to our exciting team of athletes heading to poland for the european championships we'll be back later this month to review all the action and to look forward to the 150th anniversary of the national track and field championships as always, please like, share and subscribe so we can bring you more of these podcasts each month.